This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to provide medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Guests on this podcast express their own opinions and conclusions. Please talk to your healthcare team regarding your specific situation. Hello and welcome to Speak Gyno. I'm your host, Nee Gutenfelder. Joining us today is Diane Blankenstein. She is a 16-year ovarian cancer survivor. We're happy to have her here today. Thank you for joining us, Diane. Thank you for having me. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and share your story? Yes, I am retired. I have a husband. I have twins that are in their 40s now and two cats, Bubba and Sissy. Um, I still work a lot in the ovarian cancer arena, and I'm very much into genealogy. My story, actually my story began in 2003. I went to the doctor for a well woman checkup. They did a chest x-ray and found that one of my kidneys was blocked. So they sent me to a urologist. When he went in to, to fix the kidney, he discovered an ovarian cancer tumor. What was so unusual about this is that I had had a complete hysterectomy, but they had left a remnant of an ovary behind and it grew into my ureter, which blocked my kidney. So I was not staged or debulked, but the the urologist did remove all of the tumor and then referred me to gynecolic oncologist. That's really incredible because I would think most people would assume that once you have a hysterectomy, have the ovaries taken out, that you can't get ovarian cancer. That's a that's a very reasonable thought. Most people do feel that way, and it is very rare to have it happen that way, but it does sometimes. How are you able to connect with other survivors? I guess with every time someone has ovarian cancer, there was another patient and I, and we just wanted to meet people, women that were further along in the process, and we couldn't seem to find any. So the doctor, because of the HIPAA laws, could not give Mm -hmm. us their names, but he allowed me to put my name and phone number on the back of his door saying, I would like to be contacted if you have ovarian cancer and would like to get together. So I had several women contact me, and we started going out to lunch, to dinner, excuse me, once a month and that has continued for the past 16 years and now it's expanded from Fort Worth to Dallas to mid-cities and in between. That's definitely a very helpful program and having the information at the doctor's office allows a patient to reach out whenever they're most comfortable whether it's during treatment when they're complete with treatment. And I think that's correct. I don't think someone that's been newly diagnosed is really looking for someone, but I think you reach that point after a period of time. Mm -hmm. How important would you say these relationships are? To me, they're very, to be honest with you, there's two kinds of women that have the cancer. There's ones that want to know everything and want to meet people. And there are others that just want to be alone and let the doctor treat them. And you have to decide which kind you are. Mm -hmm. But for those of us that want to be around other women and share experiences and help the ones that are coming up behind us as well as lean on the ones that are ahead of us, it's very, very uh, important. And I I just want to say you do a really good job of connecting women. Thank you similar diagnosis, someone that they could connect with and talk and relate with. 
that and I think that is very significant. Sometimes women with other types of cancer will contact me and I will have just talked to somebody that also has that kind so I can mm-hmm. put them together. So that is huge. Thank you. Now, Diane, in addition to connecting women together throughout the Metroplex, you also do a lot of advocacy work. Could you tell us more about that and how that started? Yes. Right at first, I was very involved with NOCC, National Ovarian Cancer Coalition, and I did a lot of their health fairs, which I dearly love doing. But over a period of time, that got harder and harder on me. So I went to some conferences, some for NOCC, some for OCRA, Ovarian Cancer Research Alliance. And I saw one of their programs on survivor teaching students. It was a program they were trying to get started throughout the United States where the survivors would go in and tell their stories about how they were diagnosed to the medical students, the third-year medical students. The importance of that is that so many of the symptoms of ovarian cancer are so much like all the other diseases and things that the doctors often don't pick up on them till it's too late for mm-hmm. the survivors. One uh, year, I think it was 2000, yeah, it was 2004, Lance Armstrong had a summit in Austin and he asked for 100 cancer survivors and you applied and I was accepted and I went down there and we heard John Kerry talk about his cancer We heard Barbara Edwards talk about hers, and then Lance came out, and Lance said that his doctor told him at the end, he said, you can either go on with your life or you can do something to make a difference. And so that's when he started his foundation. And he asked each of us to think of something that we could do and take back to our communities to improve cancer. And so, of course, Survivors Teaching Students popped in my mind, and we had workshops with tables with advisors to help us and we wrote down what we wanted to do and they helped us plan out steps for us to take so that we could go back and accomplish it Mm -hmm. and i did pick survivors teaching students and it took me about a year to get the women in through their training and to get into the medical schools the gynecologic oncologist that i went to and another one in dallas helped us and we were able to get into the two main medical schools since then we've expanded into residency programs in nursing schools and we feel that we're saving women's lives or helping save women's lives by raising awareness on ovarian cancer yes that makes a huge difference and i'm so glad that you're able to get that program going and it sounds very much like a team effort it really is with the help of physicians you you know the lance armstrong foundation other survivors stepping in to volunteer to get that program yes Yes. ocra and helping it is their signature program yes so i think that is just really really phenomenal what advice would you give to someone who is newly diagnosed that's a really hard question Like I mentioned before, there's two kinds of women. Um, There are a lot of things out there on the internet that are scary and maybe stay away from the internet and only go to books and things that are really medically based. The NOCC has lots of booklets that they can send newly diagnosed or women that have had recurrences that are very informative and they will send them to you free. You can find them on their webpage. Take care of yourself. Listen to your doctor. 
don't do or take medicine that he doesn't approve. Enjoy life. Do you recall what some of the most difficult or challenging aspects of your journey has been and how did you overcome it? The most difficult of mine were probably all the surgeries I had the first year. After the ovarian cancer surgery, a week later, my intestines blocked. I was in the hospital three weeks. I had a second surgery. A little bit after that, I herniated, so I had a third surgery. And it was just getting my strength back, getting my peace of mind, trying to keep my mind normal. I did a lot of crying and I did finally allow the doctor to put me on an antidepressant, which was probably the smartest thing I ever did. Mm -hmm. It allowed me to relax and think things through and, and deal with my life a little bit better. And so listen to your doctor if he recommends things. Right. I think they could provide a really good perspective on things. You had mentioned the antidepressant. Yes. With some people, there's just this stigma of not wanting yes, to be on antidepressant. That or... was part of my problem. And finally, when I did listen, I was so thankful I did because then I was able to take a step back and think and think about my life, what I wanted to do, how I wanted to handle it and all. So don't be negative to suggestions from your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that is good to know. I believe that pretty much wraps everything up. Thank you so much Thank for... Thank you for having me. I hope this has been will be of some help to someone. And anyone that wants to needs to check out Survivors Teaching Students to see if they have it in their area and if they could participate. Yes, that is a really great program. And... Really thank you on behalf of survivors, not just survivors, just the community for getting that program going in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex and all, all of the work that you've done, the advocacy, thank the you. support for survivors that you've done and continue to do. We really, really appreciate it. I really feel that the nicest women in the world get, get ovarian <laughs> and <Yeah>. gynecological cancers. <laughs> Everyone I've met has been. I can definitely see that I've come across so many, many great, just amazing women myself. If we can just reach at least one person, it's worth it. Yes. It's definitely worth it. So thank you everyone for listening to Speak Gyno. May we empower one another, inspire one another, and spark conversations.